Good morning, if you would all stand for the scripture reading. I know we just asked you to, well, actually, no one asked you to sit down, but it's psychological. Okay, Exodus 20, uh, verse 1 through 17. And the Lord spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath you or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Next, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Let's remain standing as we pray. Lord, you and your name, you are holy. And Lord, this morning as we head to the table, as we head to this time where we are going to take communion, as we consider these commands and look at them, Though we see ourselves and we know that we've all fallen short, we cannot keep all of them. You've, you've set them before us, and Lord, we strive. We want to honor you, but when we fail, Lord, as we head to the table this morning in just a couple minutes, Lord, we look to you for our forgiveness. We look to you for our salvation. We look to you as you welcome us into this place and into this table. And Lord, we praise your name. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Let me give you a, a, a word picture, something that I've been thinking about this week. It has to do with name. And a couple months ago, I was down at the arcade playing with one of my boys, and a person came up, and I kind of recognized them, and they came up to me and said, do you know me? Do you know my name? And I looked at that. That's a horrible game to play, by the way. Don't do that to people. But she, this, this lady uh, who I kind of recognized, did that to me, and she had her kid with her. And then it clicked. I was like, wait, I do know. I haven't seen you in maybe eight years, but I do know you. I, I, I was a college pastor at New Life North for a while, and I recognized this girl, and it all came back. I knew her name. And it just so happened she was a single mom. I knew her kid's name. And so I was like, yeah, I, I knew it. Yes. 
yes, I did. She quizzed me, and, I, and for this one time in my life, I got this quiz right, and I, I kind of toyed with her. I said, well, I don't know if I remember your name, but I remember this little guy's name, and I said his name, and you went on this mission trip and did this, and you were on our coffee volunteer team, and I can't remember your name, but is it? And I said her full name out to her, and she was like, wow, and she started tearing up like it meant so much to her, her name, that I remembered her name from years ago when I was her pastor at the college and young adults ministry. It meant so much to her. Names have importance. I've heard this quote that, that the name, the person's name is the most wonderful sound to them. And the word for you this morning is that God knows us. He knows our name. He doesn't just know our name. He knows every hair on our head. He knows us. He's the only one who has been with us our whole lives, and we can know him. We have been given his name. And so let us not dare, as the third commandment says, take his name in vain. That's the introduction. The first point of this sermon, let's look at the all 10 commandments. The first point is that the 10 commandments show us God's character and our calling shows us something about God and something about ourselves. And so we are deep in, we are three weeks into this whole uh, sermon series on the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments show us something about God. There's not just God telling us to do this and that, but when we study them, like we are in, in this series, looking at the Ten Commandments, we can see the Lord. We can see something about His character. Imagine if you had, uh, you were applying at different jobs and you're job seeking and you have the luxury, you know, to, to pick, you have several job offers and you, let's say three of them and you're, you're going, you get to decide. That's a great place to be. You get to decide which job you're going to pick. You say, I'm not sure which job I want. These are all seem like great options. And so you go to the one of the companies just to hang out and see what, what would it be like to work at this one. And you go in, and there's signs everywhere. There's like rules. The shades are drawn, and there's a big sign over the shades that say, don't touch the shades. Don't. We don't want you to be distracted by looking outside. There's a big sign over the water fountain that says, no water breaks. Bring your own water bottle. There's a big sign over the back bathroom that says two minute bathroom break only. And you're like, what kind of, that would, that would, these rules would say something about the company, right? Anybody want to work there? No, that sounds like a horrible place. It sounds like a place that maybe values the work you're doing, but it doesn't value you. And so you wouldn't want to work there. These 10 commandments, they're rooted. It starts off, Dan just read it, starts off with, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. In case you don't know what that means, it says out of the land of slavery. These commandments are based, they're founded, that the, the Lord himself is taking us out of slavery. These are rules not to keep us confined, not to keep us down, but these rules will actually give us life and give us life to the fullest. They ground us in freedom and deliverance there's 10 of them. We went over this a couple weeks ago. The first four have to do with us and God. Uh, can you name all four? I won't quiz you out loud, but, but think to yourself. Could you name all four? If you had to, could you name all four of the ones that, that have to do with you and God? You, you, the Lord is God. Have no other gods. Do not make an image for the Lord. Today's is do not misuse the Lord's name. Next week is keep the... Sabbath day holy, and then the five, the other, the, the, sorry, six, I can count. The other six of the 10 have to do with us, have to do with society, have to do with keeping peace and, and how we are to live. The, the fifth one is honor your 
father and mother. Do not, the, the sixth one is do not murder, do not commit adultery, and then do not steal or lie or even covet. And I'll be back after the sabbatical to talk about do not covet, which is, seems like the hardest one. Like when I, when I remember as a kid learning about that one, it's like, so we can't even want anything? Like, what is the deal with that? And so we'll talk about that one later when we get there. But this brings us to today's commandment number three, do not misuse the name of the Lord. You shall not, as the King James says, misuse or taketh the Lord's name in vain. And most people think, I think the, the easiest understanding of this worth, uh, commandment is to not misuse the name of the Lord. That means do not have potty language. Watch your mouth. That's, that's the first elementary understanding of what this commandment is all about. And it, it is certainly that. Even Terry, Terry Bracken this morning was just sharing, that's a mocking of God when someone misuses the name Jesus Christ, not as a, a prayer, but as a swear word. That's mocking God. And that certainly is. How many of you, be honest, uh, ever had to... Uh, your mouth washed out with a bar of soap. Anybody? Oh, look at all the hands. Lots of you. I think my mom had me uh, do one, do you remember this? One little drop of Dawn liquid soap. I said something, and then I was immediately allowed to wash it out. And I think I, my response was, that wasn't so bad. Can I have some more? And as a parent now, I'm like, that's the infuriating. Like, that would be horrible for a little kid. Oh, that wasn't so bad. Can I have another spanking? No, you can't. Stop it. But those of us that had our mouth washed out with soap, maybe this, this commandment was quoted to us, don't misuse the name of the Lord. We should not do that. This is the, the most elementary, the most fundamental understanding of this uh, verse. I remember a, a pastor when I was in high school, a youth pastor on a Wednesday night came into town. He wasn't much older than us at the time. And I think we, we just thought he was one of us. And so we were just doing as we normally do. And some of the kids started cussing this and that word came out of their mouth and that and this word came out of their mouth. And then later that night, he was the one to get up to preach. And he called us out on it. And he actually said from the pulpit, it was a horrible experience. He said the words back to us that we had said, like the blank word and the blankety blank word. And it was, everyone was just like, oh man, he's, he's giving it to us. And he said, those words all bug me, but you want to know what really bugs me. When someone uses the name God as a swear word, when someone uses the name Jesus Christ as a swear word, and it stuck with me even to this day, I think about, yes, that is keeping this command not to use the Lord's name as a swear word. The, this, this commandment is, is written like this. If you look and see, it says, you should not misuse the name of the Lord, your God for the Lord. This is the only command that has this kind of statement attached with it. The Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Think about that for just a minute. So he, he will not hold guiltless. This is the only command that, that it is said. This three, the number three out of all the 10 commands, he says, this one, don't do this one because he will not hold you guiltless. Think about that. So, so he, he will, he'll forgive and he'll, he'll, he'll uh, cover over the sin of murder and hold, hold them guiltless. He'll hold uh, those who commit adultery, he'll hold them guiltless. And he'll hold, if you lie and you steal and you do these other things, he, he will hold you guiltless, but he will not hold those guiltless that instead of saying dag nabbit 
or gee whiz, you actually use the name of the Lord in, in a, as a cuss word, he will not hold that guiltless? Like just saying that word, is that what this command is all about? Well, I would, I would argue and, and kind of change the tone of this sermon now and say, well, there's more to it than that. This, this, this command is not just using the name of the Lord in vain, but it's using the name in, in, in vain because of what the name means. There's a famous poem. Most of you probably know it. It's a, it's a play, actually. Um, the main character at one point is on a balcony talking to herself, and she says, what's in a name anyway? Is, is this name Montague? Is it a hand or a foot or an eye? If a rose was called by any other name, wouldn't it smell just as sweet? The play is, of course... Yes, Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare. She's up in this balcony. It starts off the most famous scene with Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? And he's right there hiding in the bush, listening to everything she says. And she's like, what's in a name anyways? Their two families are at war. They're killing each other, literally. And she's like, why can't we fall in love? What is in this name, this last name Montague, or this name Capulet? What is in the name anyways? And of course, it's not just the word. It's not just the word God or Jesus Christ or uh, any of the names Yahweh. It's not just the name. It is what the name represents. And the weight of God's name should come with it who he is. We should not just swing about this name as a swear word or just here and there because the name of the Lord has such weight behind it because it is God himself. The weight of it, the density, to be more accurate in a scientific term, the density of the name of God. I remember in high school physics, Mr. Edwards was the best teacher ever. He was my high school physics teacher, and he had these bricks. They were painted bricks. One was a brick of foam, and one was a brick of lead, and they were painted exactly the same, and you couldn't tell by looking at them which brick was which. And so he would take one of the bricks, and he would, he would say, are you ready to catch this? And he would he would throw it to you and, and, and you'd have to catch it. And it was this thing he did and, and you had no idea. And so it led to this person like catching something. They had no idea if it was the foam or the lead. The class before ours, I didn't get to see this firsthand, but he had thrown Randy Hansen the heavy lead brick, nice and easy, just like this. He threw it to Randy. And as Randy was catching it, he took the foam brick to throw it at him really fast. And Randy, not knowing which one was which, which one was which, dodged the foam brick brick right in his face hit the lead brick hit him in the eye giving him a black eye for days and everyone was asking the story what this is before lawsuits in school were very popular or else uh, mr edwards would be in a lot of trouble but the, the, think about this. The point is, like, we can wield, if we, the name of the Lord, we could say and just wield it around as if it's a foam brick when in this analogy, as silly as it is, it is a lead brick. The name of the Lord carries with it such weight. We get misrepresented uh, sometimes, and it feels horrible. Think about um, when someone steals something of yours. Identity theft is a very big deal. Has anybody had identity theft gotten to them? Oh, just a couple of people. Our, someone stole our credit card uh, a couple years ago. Is, is not bad. They, they pumped up their gas in Texas, and we were like, we weren't in Texas. And so then we contacted, and they gave us our money back, and it was, we had to get new numbers. No big deal. Some of you have horrible stories. Uh, I, I know of this guy 
It's kind of along these lines uh, that his identity wasn't sold, but a different person with the same name came up. I'll share with you the story. So this is back in my, when, when I was a college pastor, there was this guy, his name was Daniel. His last name, it wasn't Smith, but it was, it was one of those names that, that's uh, just a common last name. And he applied to, to serve, to be a leader. And part of our leadership, though, the people around that have the badges, they, they go through a background check. And once you're a uh, uh, volunteer, you can... Uh, wear the badge, and you can serve in different areas. You can even serve with our kids. So a part of the process we do at New Life, we've done it for a long time, is a background check so we get the right people with the kids and not the bad people. So anyways, this guy, his background check came in, and usually I just get like a, an email from HR saying, back, background check cleared, they're, they're good to serve. But in this case, it came back and said, you probably need to talk to this guy. He has quite a background, and it, it, the HR uh, sent me just the gist of his his background. And so I sat down with this guy, Daniel, in my office and uh, listed on his background check were like attempted murder, uh, drug, drug paraphernalia, uh, grand theft, uh, just pretty, some pretty bad things, assault, battery, just felonies. And so I sit down with this young guy, he's in his 20s, and I'm just like, okay, let, this is a pastoring moment. Let's, let's figure out uh, what happened here. Let me just hear your story. And so he starts telling me a story, how he grew up in the church, and he was never a bad kid. I'm like, okay, yeah, keep, you keep going. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I did this and that. And I was like, well, you did a little more than that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, get, get to the good stuff. Get to the point here. And he's, he's kind of ends the story with, and then, you know, I, I made Jesus my savior. And I'm like, yeah, and then you killed people. <laughs> and, and they're like, come on. And he, he just kind of wraps up. Like, and, and so here he is today, and, and he's wanting to serve. And I was like, okay, so you grew up and you were a pretty good kid. What about murder here, buddy? Um, and he, he's, he's, I say, well, let me, I'm trying to be pastoral. I was like, well, can I just read for you what came up in your background check? And I start reading these things, attempted murder, grand theft. And he's just looking at me like, uh, uh. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? It says it right here, buddy. That's, that's what I thought. I didn't say that. And I said, so, so what's the deal? And he's like, I have no idea. And I, I, I look at the top here is, are you not, you know, Daniel so-and-so? Were you not born in, he was born in Pueblo County. Or were you not born on, I forget the July 1st, 1960. Wait a minute. Sig, you're a 20-year-old dude. This is not you. They ran the background check for another person born in the same day, in the same place, but on a very different year. And he was just like, oh, thank goodness for a second there. I didn't know. What and I was like, oh, my God, I thought you were going to kill me. <laughs> And I was like, oh my goodness, it, that's not, his, his thing was like, that's not me. And I wonder, the point being, like, when we use the Lord's name and we say, oh, God's like this, and we bring in our bad theology, we bring it, we, we, have you heard, like, throwing in the God card, someone says uh, something about who God is, and I wonder if God from heaven is saying, that's not me, you've got somebody else, you've got a different God, you've got another thing, but that's not me. I think, and going back to my college days or when I was a college pastor, I would, I would hear people overhear uh, relationships, breakups between guys and girls. And sometimes, you know, it's the real reason was they found somebody else and they want to be with them. And that's okay. You know, you're dating. You can, you can break up with someone and date someone else. But they would throw in the God card and say, well, God, you know, I don't think God wants us to be together. And maybe God's from, from heaven saying, that's not me. I'm not the one saying that. Or when we, uh, I, I imagine in, in like the South, 
where Christians uh, are more prevalent, someone putting a big cross or a big fish on their truck to represent their business just to get more business. I wonder if some of those things, and God is just saying, that's not me, that's, that's you using my name. And, and so as we think about this commandment, it's much more than just not cussing, not using God's name as a swear word. This word, this word is about, uh, this commandment is about using God's name and carrying it with the full weight that it holds. This last point here is to carry the name for his glory. Carry God's name for his glory. That's the other side of this command. When we carry the name, when we say the name, it is full of weight and we should wield it as such. Uh, going back once again, there's quite a few stories from when I was a college pastor uh, years ago. But um, uh, Aaron Stern was, was the head college pastor. I was one of his associates. Probably the best speaker I know when it comes to like sermon illustrations and bringing in something and talking about it. He would talk about an etch-a-sketch and how we sketch our lives and how sin smashes. And he'd smash it with a sledgehammer and all this powder would go everywhere, which I always thought like, is that stuff asbestos? Is it cancer? Like what's coming out of that? <laughs> Maybe you should be more careful. But he had the best sermon illustrations. One of them was he had this big white box with a red button on it. And it was wired up to the tech booth. And so the tech guy would like light up the button. And his thing was like we spend our lives as Christians talking about not pressing the red button. Don't talk about, don't touch the red button. I'm just going to polish it and shine it, but I'm not going to touch it. And we spend our lives you know, guarding. Oh, so I want anybody else to touch the red button. So I'm just going to hang out right next to this red button that we're not supposed to touch. And I'm just going to clean it up a little bit. I'm just going to look, look at it, but I'm not going to touch it. And we spend our lives and all of our focus is on something we're not supposed to do. And he makes this, he kicks it over and makes this illustration. He's like, why don't you go spend time with the Lord? Spend time doing what you're supposed to be doing instead of concentrating on what you're not supposed to be doing. And this word right now is about that. Like we can spend all this time like, oh, I'm not going to cuss. I'm going to get a tip, uh, a jar of money. Whenever I cuss, I'm going to put a dollar in this jar. And we can do that and make a big deal about it. Or we can spend time actually carrying the name of God with weight, how it is supposed to be carried. The Hebrew here of how this verse could be translated is do not carry the name of the Lord without weight is, is a very literal translation of verse, uh, of sorry, of commandment number three. And when we spend our lives doing that, when we carry the, the name, when we pray to the Lord in every trouble, when we are giving thanks, when we are praising, when we carry his name, that is using this command, reminding our ourselves that this name has weight to it. So we're all guilty. We look at the Ten Commandments. I think one of the responses that we probably should have, if we're honest with ourselves, is we've fallen short. You know, some of us might check the box. So I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't even attempted it, at least not you know, physically. I've maybe attempted it in my mind. But then Jesus comes in the New Testament and says, if you've ever, ever even hated your brother, if you've called him a bad name, you have committed this sin. And so we, when we look at these Ten Commandments, we see we've fallen short as the people. And this series is about looking at the commands and saying, Lord, we want to exemplify you. We want to live like you want us to live, but we've all fallen short. And when we do that, when we fall short and really consider it, we could go to God and say, well, God, you know, we could kind of be mad and say, well, God, why do you have these rules anyways? Why do you put these rules? Why, why, who are you anyways? Why is, why is it all about you? And instead, another response, a more gentle response, a response recognizing God and putting him in his correct place in our lives would be to say, Lord, we call upon your name to make 
us right. We have sinned. We have fallen short. But we call upon your name, this weighty name, Jesus Christ. We call upon that asking you to forgive us, bringing you into our lives. So would you bow your head with me? Let's be still before the Lord. The worship band is going to come up and Let's consider the name of the Lord. Maybe many of us, including myself, have fallen short. We've called upon the Lord's name in vain. We have lived our lives in vain, knowing that we are called Christians. We are, our, our very name of what we call ourselves, what we believe, is named after Jesus the Christ. And yet we've fallen short. We've, we've taken his name in vain. We've fallen short of his glory and carrying the full weight of his name in our lives And so, Lord, we so humbly come before you. We repent. Lord, we say we're sorry. We want to give you the the name that is above every name, that at your name, Lord, we're reminded, as Scripture tells us, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that you are God, you are the Lord. And, Lord, we come to you this morning, hoping that you will, knowing that you will forgive us of our sins and asking you to help us, Lord, as we use your name with the full weight of who you are, Lord. You are God. You are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's people said, amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to say a prayer together per, uh, we say this quite a few times, a couple times a month now. It's a prayer that we say in unison. It's a prayer that asks the Lord to forgive us. It's a way of preparing us for communion. So would you read, read and pray this with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.